welcome back to How to Save the Planet. It's me, Mona, your favourite climate campaigner here at Friends of the Earth. Well, as you know, Friends of the Earth tries to amplify the voices of different communities across the world. And as it's Ramadan, we thought it was a great opportunity to speak to three British Muslim activists on why they think Muslims should be concerned about the climate crisis and the different things they're doing this year in the month of Ramadan. Now, some of you may know what Ramadan is, but in case you don't, Ramadan is the month of fasting for Muslims across the world. It's when they don't eat anything at all or drink anything either, including water, from sunrise to sunset. So it's a time of spiritual growth um, and a time to really kickstart any changes you want in your, li- in your life as well. So it's perfect to be speaking about how we can go green as well. Thank you all so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have this chat about a green Ramadan and why Muslims should care about the climate crisis. But before we begin, it'll be good to get um, a quick intro so the people know exactly who you are and what you do. Uh, Zanera, can I start with you? Yeah. Hi. Asalaamu Alaikum, everyone. My name is Zanera and I am a programme coordinator um, at Action for Conservation, uh, which is a youth environmental education charity um, working to sort of inspire and motivate the next generation of young people to to become, you know, environmentalists or care for, for the planet and each other, um, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Hi, salam everyone. Uh, my name is Lamisa Fees. I am the operations manager at the Muslim Council of Britain. The Muslim Council of Britain is the UK's largest Muslim umbrella body for Muslim organizations, um, which includes schools, mosques, uh, professional networks, uh, large UK charities. So it's a diverse uh, range of organizations. We essentially represent, advocate and capacity build. Um, that's our main focus. And um, prior to this COVID crisis, I guess we were working with Friends of the Earth on putting together a green Ramadan campaign. And, and that's really why I'm here. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, my name is Majid. I'm a Somali British social justice activist, writer, and was formerly Lord Mayor of Sheffield and a member of European Parliament representing Yorkshire and Humber. Zanira, Lemise, Majid, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, I am so sorry for making you record a podcast when you can't eat or drink anything. <laughs> um, but that you know, but that leads me to ask you, how is your Ramadan going? How is the fast going for you all? And it's been really uh, different. And I'm basically... Um, living by myself but i am doing a lot of um volunteering a lot of doing shopping for family and stuff but of course big part of ramadan is eating with family being around family and other people and that is just not the case this year so it feels a very strange and odd uh, ramadan but, but yeah it's just a bit sad to be honest <laughs> zanira lamise do you is that your vibe as well um yeah so I think I like echoing what Majid said. It's, it feels very different this year. Um, I feel like it's just gone back to basics. So it's like, okay, it's, I know for myself, I'm working from home. I have the privilege to do that. So I'm not sure, um, you know, if everyone is, but actually that means there's just a bigger test of time for me. Like, how am I using my time? Am I doing productive things? Like that's what it's about this year because I haven't been as hungry as I have in other years, like, like compared to other years. Um, it's, it's going really nice. That's all. Awesome. I know you mean. Sometimes I'm like, oh, Netflix. Can I? Should I do? Be. Um, and for those who don't know, during the month of Ramadan, um, Muslims try to be, I guess, like as kind of 
mindful of what they're consuming, both in terms of visual and food. Um, let me, does that resonate at all? I think so. I think it's, it's for all of us, it's a very different Ramadan. We're all doing that hashtag Ramadan at home right now, aren't we? And um, staying away from people as much as possible, following the social distancing advice and um, trying not to spend all of our lives at the shops looking at foods we can't eat, which I have to say I still did on the weekly shop, stared at a shelf. I always watch the Food Channel for some reason. The only time I watch like food programs is during Ramadan. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we like to self-torture. <laughs> I think that's true for a lot of people. I think there's been a lot of food program watching going on. But I think actually... I find it a lovely opportunity this year to, you know, the whole point of Ramadan for, for Muslims is that reconnection with God. And actually sometimes in the routine of Ramadan, it can get quite chaotic where we're constantly going to iftaras and like going to this social and going to this talk and doing this. And you get a little bit sort of lost. Um, and this Ramadan gives me a chance to focus maybe on the more important priority of that reconnection so it's different but there's like advantages and disadvantages with any like with anything else I feel like i'm gonna be just like a muslim glossary throughout this iftar is when muslims uh break their fast yeah it's a time where i feel like i'm like trying to speak to my family more because otherwise like who else am i speaking to my like my friends i can't really go out and have like let's all meet up for pizza um yeah so it's much more about like home uh which does feel like the mood of not just like Ramadan, but like the, the, the country right now. Yeah, I have to say 100%. I think everyone staying at home has changed how our relationships work, which is which has been really interesting because I think I'm reconnecting with a lot of people that I haven't connected with for a really long time. But it's been wonderful. Like international friends are checking in and you're doing like Zoom iftars with people um, and opening your fast together with people that you wouldn't normally have done in Ramadan. But that's what technology has provided us with, right? No, exactly. You're right. Um, and I think so why friends, why we as friends, we have wanted to have this podcast. We just like, I think the idea of just really making sure that different communities who are affected by the climate crisis have their voice heard so uh, so i just want to ask you why why would why do you guys think it's really important that muslims like need to be concerned about the climate crisis zanira do you want to kick us off um yeah that's such a big question but of course i'd love to kick you off <laughs> um i mean for me like i have been sort of in the campaigning um space kind of learning about the environment learning about the issues um for like a, f a good few years now I would say like over four years now and like f for someone who you know is a muslim um holds like faith to such a high standard in my life and everything you know that i look at comes from that lens it i just keep reminding myself of like i guess our values within the religion so the values of environmentalism which are literally embedded <laughs> in front of our eyes so but yeah it's just for me it's embedded and then also of course like the people who are most affected um by the climate crisis are usually um you know the ones on the front lines are usually not sort of the richer middle class you know people um they're usually some of our most vulnerable most poor you know marginalized communities which we have such responsibility to but also we come from those communities a lot of us um, and that's such a strong, I guess for me, it's like, you know, I was born in Pakistan and Pakistan, I think has contributed to like 1% of global climate emissions, but I think it's like the seventh most affected by climate change. So it's like, for me, it's a no brainer, right? It's like my identity. I agree with Zanira and the fact that Islam is inherently environmental. Of, of course, there's an aspect of protecting our planet and living and within our means. But of course, in terms of my mother's experiences and people I know from the Muslim community also kind of 
climate, like the whole climate crisis, the relationship they've got it is with their families back home in the global south, which, as we know, is disproportion- disproportionately affected than the global north. So whether that be the um, situation in Bangladesh and the, the droughts in Africa. So it's people like are starting to kind of um, take notice of it. You know, for me, it really comes from that concept that Zanera mentioned around stewardship of the earth. You know, we are put here as Khalifa on this earth. That's a concept in Islam. Um, and, you know, in Islam, obviously, we have our responsibilities that are laid out to us in the Quran. And, and, and Majid mentioned it, a couple of verses there as well. The more we are aware about what we are doing and how it impacts the earth around us, and we link that into our responsibilities as Muslims, then we have to do something to change how we're living. We have to do something to change the systems that are in place that have this terrible environmental impact because exactly as Maja said, it's about social justice in Islam as well. Actually, it's just about justice. Uh, I, I wanted to ask because we touched upon when, let me see you specifically on when kind of you came to the environment movement. And I, I really love that each of you have your own, I guess, different relationships. So, you know, like Majid, you've had your political career. We've seen the viral photos of you in your mayoral garms <laughs> and um, uh, like Zina and Lemis in terms of campaigning and working with mosques. Do you guys actually remember having this kind of aha moment when you realise, hold on, this is an emergency, you know, we need to do something about this? Um, For me, I think like I was, or for some reason, I think it's in my spirit. I don't know. I've always sort of been fascinated by the natural world. I feel like I'm still on this journey because as I learn more, you know, I love geography. As I learned more about it, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I'm now really interested about like the human relationship with the environment. And the more I learn, like you mentioned, Muna, you realize a lot of the root problems, you know, in these sort of developing countries that are suffering or, you know, it, normally what we see um in poverty that a lot of that is tied to some sort of environmental factor um and i just i think i just realized at one point like we're so vulnerable um as a you know humanity is so vulnerable to environmental changes for example our food won't grow one year if um you know we don't have the right weather conditions um and with the climate constantly you know um being that risk factor but also like i think I realized the connections between social justice issues and it was actually not by the mainstream environmental movement. It was actually um, an event organized by Consented, which was called Reframing Environmentalism. Um, and I went to that and suddenly there was a, a panel of, you know, non-white people of color now talking about environmentalism in a way that I could never relate to before. Um, and I was like, wow, this is this is it. Like, this is what's been missing. And the more I learn and the more I speak to activists and campaigners, the more I realise so many of these issues are connected and actually separating this into like environmentalism is so unhelpful for every every other movement and like us as a whole. So I think that was my aha moment, but I'm still having them. I'm still having lots of aha moments. Yeah, the first time like, and like I even came across the whole climate change movement, climate crisis when I was at university. And I don't know if some of you know a Somali girl called um, Fatima Zara Ibrahim, who's um, co-founder of Green New Deal. You could, she was the first person to tell me about the whole climate change movement ever, and I was just like completely taken back by it. And then as I kind of throughout life, it's something I kind of kept referring back to. And just to even like when I was a counsellor in Sheffield, even like something so close to home is air pollution. Like last year alone, air pollution contributed to 500 early deaths in Sheffield. So it is something that is directly in the heart of uh, my community in Sheffield and stuff. So it's kind of 
always kind of been around like and uh, let me said there's always lots of aha moments and it's always like wow we need to kind of do so much more but then like if i'm being completely honest there's in, in terms of tackling the whole global aspect of the climate crisis there's only so much individuals can do like i think like during this whole lockdown process i think it was like 5.5 percent uh, basically and our emissions have fell by which is of course it's some progress, but not as far as we need to kind of go. That's why we need to have and um, governments and so much more kind of and that we need to do. So, yeah, there's more aha moments to come for sure. I just feel like that's not such an important point. Actually, it's one of the most important points because you mentioned sort of in our in our journeys that about I mentioned about my vegetarianism, and actually I think that's that was a very personal choice. Like it came out from lots of big debates around halal meat, not just environmentalism. Um, so I take that as a very personal choice. I think the bigger things are around the campaigning that we do um, and why we're so passionate about making people aware of and campaigning for climate change. For me, it really, this is this is so cliche, but I took this volunteer trip to Ghana and it was during this time, we were actually doing all these awareness lessons around international development. And one of the key things that we were talking about was the impacts of climate change on uh, the global south. And um, on my return, I actually ended up working with Christian Aid, who was um, the organization that took me out to Ghana. Um, and I spent a whole year doing essentially volunteer development work and working with youth on raising awareness and campaigns. And one of the key campaigns that year was the climate campaign. And it was one of my first real experiences of climate campaigning and actually campaigning properly on development issues that called for systems change um, and called for an overhaul of how we look at the whole thing and not just about the individual. And it looked at the development picture as a whole um, in terms of that systems change. And I think that's so important because now I think we're so blessed. We take it so for granted that, you know, Muslim organizations, Christian organizations, Hindu organizations, development organizations, mainstream media reports on it, like systems need to change, you know, um, companies need to change, government legislation needs to change. But that there was a whole host of work that needed to go into that. In, in terms of your, I guess, like, or the idea of system change and, uh, you know, kind of our campaigning generally be, going beyond the individual, how has, I guess, your kind of your campaigning or your work almost evolved, um, I guess, specifically while we're in kind of lockdown um, and trying to really kind of progress that? Yeah. Uh, so as you know, because we're partnering with Friends of the Earth on this, we've um, taken our campaign a little bit online. We've had to scale it back because we realized, obviously, doing um, this self-isolation during COVID-19, you know, everybody's priorities are a little bit different. And our concerns and our anxieties are very much focused on that right now. Um, and we want to be sensitive to that. But as a result, what we decided to do was have a series of virtual um, iftars online so every thursday we're doing these eco iftars where we're talking about sustainability green ethical issues with different speakers and next week on the 7th of may it's uh, julian kirby from friends of the earth and he's your key plastics campaigner uh, and we'll be talking about waste um but we're just trying to keep the issue there and keep the community engaged on it and actually we've had such a great response and i've seen across the community credit due to everyone this has been an issue that everybody is trying to engage with this Ramadan in different virtual spaces. And I think that's that's been a wonderful thing. I've basically been doing a lot of things locally, in all honesty. So, uh, setting up a mutual aid and 
within my uh, local community in Sheffield at the moment and been delivering medicines around, dropping food off for certain family members and stuff. So been keeping busy doing that stuff, but in terms of like, but at the same time still being connected to the worldwide basically by just doing online events and just keeping things online. But I think it's time is fine to kind of use to think about, you know, what you want to do. But in my sort of day job, so I work for a um, environmental education charity with young people. And a lot of my work was going out to schools and doing environmental education workshops and, um, you know, mentoring young people to take environmental action. And now that's come to a halt. Um, so we've been sort of um, discussing with, you know, we've had consultations with teachers and uh, young people that we work with to see like what they need during this time we want to do something that's online and you know kind of giving tools to young people that they are looking for um so actually really excitingly you know we've come up with a really exciting um online program and it's launching on may the 11th but it's essentially for young people from the ages of uh 13 to 17 to um, stay connected with each other, but also learn more about the environment during this time um, and see how you can actually take environmental action um, from home. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges or like, I guess, issues that we've kind of come up with, I've never really, I mean, I have thought about it. I didn't realize how big it was uh, until this all happened was actually a lot of young people don't have access to like internet or um, technology that will help them stay connected with other people. Um, and I, you just never think that you just think everything is like, you know, everyone's connected, like everything's digital now, but actually a lot of people at home, young people don't have that. So, you know, we've been looking at ways to see how we can connect with those young people. And, um, could we, could we, you know, translate everything that we record into like PDF formats and make it really accessible? I mean, it's all such a challenge kind of maneuvering through this, um, but you know, that's just one way that we've been sort of evolving our work. Um, and hopefully it should be a nice way to sort of collaborate with other organisations. I, I know we speak a lot about um, system change because it's rightly important that um, there may be someone listening now um, and it's kind of their first Ramadan where they're kind of just aware about kind of being environmentally, environmentally friendly. Would you guys have any tips for someone like that who is like, listen, this is my first, um, what, what can I do to make my Ramadan that bit greener? Honestly, I would say now that... Um if you have got the spare time, I would say honestly just educate yourself. Like I would say pick up a book and just read more in terms of um, what the climate crisis is, how it's affecting us and what we could do. And I think just for me personally, I've been trying to read as much as possible just to make use of that extra bit more time that I would, I guess would be spending traveling on trains or, or just basically just doing other things. Um, just following on from the read, uh, I think there's lots of useful like um, podcasts like this, um, but also online resources or even Instagram accounts and things like that that you can follow that can get you tips on how to live, I, I guess, a greener lifestyle. But I think just top ones, especially just in terms of Islamic ethics as well, like waste is a huge issue. And I think I think it was it Zunera I just mentioned one of the verses which talk about waste and not being wasteful. Um, and I think with our making of wudu, you know, um, we can use less water. I think just reducing wastefulness and making sure that we're not overcooking or um, making sure what we have we're using in terms of leftovers, um, all, all those sorts of little things. And, you know, it's the prime time season as well to um, plant 
things. So if you have, whether you have a balcony or a garden, you know, you could have your own, um, you know, herbs, fruit and veg, etc. Take this time to maybe add a little bit of that sustainability element. And I say that to myself first, because I've been meaning to plant little tomatoes and stuff on my balcony for God knows how long. And have I done it? No, I have not. <laughs> With me, like it's been a few years. And even there are some actions I've you know, still struggle to like really fully adopt in my life. I think, you know, the smaller things like swapping out plastic for a reusable bottle and things like that, that's pretty, you know, they're sort of like the first steps that you can easily do. Um, When you are living with like a bigger family, like I completely get there are sort of slightly different challenges to like convincing everyone to do it with you. (laughs) Make those changes where you can just try and try and sort of stay connected to uh, the natural world in whatever way you can like if you are able to go outside for walks like do do that whilst you're fasting that might be a really nice way to connect um if you you know if you don't have garden space or, or things you know you don't have access to the outside right now um there are some really great resources online where i feel like there's i think it's the wildlife trust are doing the wild in action webcams where you can see certain species like doing their thing um which is really nice is you can just see them it just gives you that level of connection of like you know we're not alone this is not just our planet um and and yeah just education i think education is really great so if you are between the ages of 13 to 17 um do sign up to our wild uh, web online program which will be completely free but also share that knowledge with other people i don't want to preach again but I I would also just like to come in and be like preaching a (laughs) meat-free lifestyle no I'm not I'm not saying you have to go completely meat-free but I think there is a consideration I think some people are doing like meat-free Mondays and things like that just part of the awareness of knowing the impact that eating the level of meat can have um, on our environment and that we do okay guys so just to quickly end um and i think it'd be really good just to get your thoughts on how i guess the muslim community can you know come together um during and and after lockdown like just yeah really quickly like your last thoughts i think during this time like we've seen a lot of like um a lot of great stories about community spirit and you know we can see that sense of like wanting to help each other more you know we're in a crisis but equally we're also in a you know in a climate crisis um and everyone has different priorities of course but that doesn't negate the fact that you know there are so many different issues at play here um so I really think it would be great for Muslims to continue with that sense of community um uh, you know outside after Ramadan after the lockdown um and and really think about success um you know not individual success but success of the society and that does mean making difficult choices about our lifestyle but also how we changing systems that you know sometimes actually might be benefiting us so you know we are not on like you know not all of us are losing out um some of us actually benefiting from the system but what does that mean for community what does that mean for actual success of society that islam teaches us to kind of um strive towards yeah Um, amazing majid do you have any uh gems to drop um, <clears throat> I think like the Muslim community is, especially think during Ramadan, is one of the most charitable and uh, communities. And I forgot what the figure is, but every Ramadan, mashallah, even in just the UK alone, we raise millions, and we are so active and given. I'd like. Inshallah, for once, even when Ramadan's over, just to really the whole topic of the climate crisis, environmentalism in general, to be really discussed in mosques. And I would love for it to be a constant agenda point in all Islamic circles. Amazing. Let me finish this off. 
Muslims are a community built on justice. Um, and from the very beginning of the Prophet's message, you know, he, he talked about justice, um, whether that was to do with women or whether that was to do with those who were poor. And I think we need to just, when we're looking and reflecting during this time, reflect on what that means, not just for the Muslim community here, but for the wider community, Muslim, non-Muslim, what does it mean for our community of the planet? So if we can take that and use that to empower ourselves in our belief and in our actions outside of Ramadan and use that, whether we go into that means we go into campaigning or we go into educating ourselves or or we go into changing our habits or that goes into writing to two RMPs or getting involved with Friends of the Earth or whatever it might be. <laughs> um, I think if we take that, that sense of responsibility for our larger community and imagining this 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 better world, which was the concept that we started with, then that would be a beautiful thing. Amazing. Thank you all so much. Um, I have really enjoyed uh, listening to you all. Um, and it's so great. Like, I think we all echo the same thing of social justice, community, people power, working together um, and, and fighting for that longer term change. Um, so thank you all. Um, please, um, maybe don't talk for the rest of the day because you've used using a lot of your speech now uh, when you can't eat or, or drink um so thank you again so much and take care everyone bye Thank you so much to Zanira, Lamise and Majid. I really, really enjoyed that chat. It was, yeah, it was absolutely wonderful to listen to and I hope you really enjoyed it as much as I did. So that's it from us. Um, I hope you stay safe and stay well and a massive Ramadan Mubarak to all those celebrating.